My Mate Story, Episode 2. Dana Laderas and Christina Galang talk about what it was like growing up in a foreign country as first-generation Filipino immigrants. Okay, so the earliest memory that I could think of, um, you know, before we migrated to New Zealand was being shown a picture of mountains and uh, snowy mountains oh, yeah. um, and saying that we're going to be moving there. So um, I was about five turning six around that time and my mum and Guya first came to New Zealand ahead of us and then my dad brought us um, and me and Ate and Odyssey probably after three months just so they can settle down um, and start us up um, but yeah that's that's what I can remember. Nice do you remember like which month or what time of the year specifically you guys came because I could imagine that going from the Philippines to New Zealand like especially if you came in the winter was it a bit of a like a hard shock? Well to be honest um, the expectation that we had was that we were going to arrive in New Zealand seeing snow. Yeah. <laughs> and from memory, I think we left Philippines in December 1992. Uh, yeah. So it was New Zealand summer. Summer, yeah. <laughs> so when we arrived, we were looking out the window, looking at all the little cars and we're like, where's the snow? <laughs> in Tagalog, of course, because we didn't know how to speak English properly. Nice. So... That that's what went down, and we were like, "You duped us." <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I, yeah, I think we migrated the same year. Oh, like, yeah. cause cause my family moved in 1992 as well, but I was um, younger, cause you know I'm younger than you guys. Um, I think I was three, two or three. Yeah. I think somewhere around there. So I don't think I fully comprehended what was going on. Um, yeah, I honestly, I don't have many memories. Like, I, I don't think I remember being on the plane. Um, I, I don't, it's, it's all, that part of my life is still a bit of a blur mm -hmm. coming. I guess I was quite young. Yeah, so yeah. do you remember who your first friends in New Zealand were? Like, what are some of your early memories? Um, to be honest, we didn't have friends for quite a while. Uh, when we got to New Zealand, we came here and my mum surprised us with this big bag of toys. So my first friend was probably a freaky teddy bear <laughs> that talked when you pressed its hands and feet. Oh, yeah. Um, which over time would just... You know, start talking by itself. Um, <laughs> when the batteries are dying. Yeah, like in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh my gosh, teddy bear. Anyways, but probably the earliest memory of having friends was when we went to Newland Mall. Um, and I remember just being offered sour lollies by these other Filipino kids. And yeah, I was like shocked because, oh, there's other Filipino kids in yeah, this new it's, place. Yeah, it's... Um, and I look up and then I see, I see Michelle and Christine and Mio, um, oh, Torres, yeah. 
they were just offering their sour lollies because our parents had met each other at Newland Mall and they just started talking there. Oh, you're Filipino? Oh, it's yeah, and their that's conversations so just yeah. went on and we pretty much just became friends after that. They mm. you know, they exchanged contacts and ever since then we've just been friends with them and even till now. Um, we're still good friends with Michelle and who is living in New Zealand at the moment, but Mio and Christina in Sydney. Um, as they migrated to Sydney um, before, probably over 15 years ago. That's so interesting because um, I feel like that's <laughs> that's how my parents made friends as well. I guess back then mm. it was such a big deal, like, to mm. find another Filipino. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, you're Filipino? I'm Filipino. <laughs> like, that's literally yeah. all they had to go off. They didn't even need social media yeah. to connect. They well, just that's see it. each other and, like, point each other with their lips. Yeah. Like, the mall and be like. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, so interesting because that's actually because so my brother Pat, my younger brother Pat, he recently got married to um, his wife, Raina, and we met their family, like, literally the exact same way. Like, we yeah. were just at the mall and I think my mom had overheard her mom, um, Tita Annette, and Tita Renee talking Tagalog and she was just like, oh. Like, when did you come here? And mm. I think they had just moved to Australia um, like that month or something. And that's literally, that's just how they met. Yeah. And like, you know, now our now our family, like literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like eventually over time, our network of friends did expand as well because yeah. of the community. Um, my parents, I think they were the original batch that helped set up. Couples for Christ in New Zealand. Mm. So then from there, we were able to meet our other friends uh, who have now also migrated to Australia. Yeah. Sydney yeah. after a while being here. Yeah, and that was us. That's how we made friends and would be playing in the backyard at Michelle at Michelle's house. Yeah. Swinging on the, the, um, wash, the washing lines, you know, like poking each other with <laughs> sticks from the backyard. Yeah calling each other aliens and whatnot. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so you so you mentioned you were about five or six years old mm. when you came. So you were already like pretty, you know, spoken like um, in terms of your development in language and so you were quite fluent in Tagalog. How was the language barrier and breaking through that and how was that, especially like at school, like, how did you find that? Well, I do remember that high anxiety of, you know, our parents telling us you're going to start school. And obviously it's it's a big thing because we're in this foreign land. Um, we're so used to the Philippine schooling and we don't know what to expect. And we'd, we'd just tell, like, you know, I remember crying before going to school the next day, telling my mom, like, in Tagalog, oh, English. Like, I don't know how to speak English. Yeah. And then she just looks at us with her stern face going, oh, you need to learn this. And then she said, I do not understand you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she made us memorize that. And it was just funny coming to school and, you know, they're speaking English. I mean, we knew a bit of English from our schooling in the Philippines, but not as much as not fluently you know, not yeah. fluently and not you know the, the amount of English that's been spoken to you to your face mm. expecting a reply and they're and they're just try, every time they tried to speak to me all I could 
to remember was memorizing that sentence from my mom. I'm sorry, I do not understand you. <laughs> and they're just giving me this look like, but you're speaking English. <laughs> but over time, I guess, we just learn to adapt. And, you know, like, yeah. as, you, as you learn at school, you go through trying to learn how to read and trying to really just get, you know, just try your hardest to just get in um, with the program so you're not feeling like you're being left behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was pretty much my memories of trying to adapt to the language. Um, to the language. Yeah. But my mum always told us as we grew older in, in um, primary school, she always used to just remind us, oh, don't forget your... Don't forget your mother tongue. Like, don't forget to yeah, speak Tagalog. She always good. remind us. Yeah. But what helps is they always spoke to us in Tagalog at home. Yeah. And they'd always just um, tell us off in Tagalog or, like, you know, just be like, Christina. Yeah. And then you come in the room and she's like, Kuni mo yung remote. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, is it the same for you as well? Or yeah, it's just kind of naturally just. Well, I think it's a bit bit different, yeah, because I was younger. Um, I was three or four when we moved. And so I was already speaking Tagalog, but I think I I was still young enough to pick up English quite quickly from just listening to my cousins who had already been living there. And um, I have a few memories like of when I went to preschool and um, the, like none of the teachers could understand me and mm. luckily the preschool was actually right next to um, like a primary school and there was a Filipino kid there and I would be like saying in Tagalog, oh, I need to go to the toilet, but no one yeah. would understand me and so they got this Filipino kid to come over and like basically translate for me so whenever like I was having my kind of fits or I really just was wanting something they would get this Filipino boy in to come to translate for me but I I feel like by the time I was in primary school I was already speaking um English fluently I think it changed for us a little bit I'm 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 pretty sure my parents really wanted us to keep them speaking Tagalog or at least Mm. at the very least understanding but Pat, my brother, who was quite young when we came, um, I think he would hit about a year or a year and a half, and um, he wasn't really talking. Like he was, he was. I think he, in general, he was a quiet kid. Yeah. Like I think of all my siblings, he's the lax one. So when he wasn't talking, my parents took him to a doctor, and they basically just said, "Look, we just want to double check, you know, if mm. he's okay, if he's mute, like you know." And they checked him and they said, look, he's fine, but are you speaking two languages at home? And they said yes. And I think their advice was just stick to one language. And I guess in hindsight, Mm. it might not have been the best advice. I I think, you know, Pat was fine, like he's he's okay now. Um, But it it did mean that uh, my parents kind of stopped talking to us in Tagalog at home, which I think is, yeah, the big kind of thing if you want you know, your kids to maintain, yeah. the, you know, the mother tongue. So, um, so yeah, we, we didn't really speak 
Tagalog much after that. It was a lot of English. Um, but we still understood it to some mm-hmm. degree. I think if if I hear Tagalog news, for example, and it's really fast, I, it just kind of goes over my yeah. head. Um, I struggle to read it. Like I'm a bit slow at reading Tagalog. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's mm. it's different. I mean, and it's funny because I, I think back in... Um, when I was quite young, like when we had first moved to Australia, I remember watching this cartoon show and it was, I, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was kind of in my head, my memory of it was kind of like Pingu where mm. the characters don't really speak. Like they just make noises. Yeah. Like they just make the funny sounds. And that was my memory <laughs> of it. And it wasn't until high school when I was talking with my friends and we all like reflected back to our favorite shows as like little kids and we we talked about this one show and they and they were like oh do you remember when they used to say this and this and I go no they didn't talk like they they didn't they they weren't talking they were just making noises and they all looked at me like um no they talked (laughs) and it didn't occur to me until that moment that I was like they're actually speaking English English, but at the time I was still like in a Tagalog understanding that I didn't realize that they were talking, yeah. like they were actually communicating. And it wasn't until that point that was like a glass shatter moment to for me to go, oh, actually, that was just my perspective of the show that I remember. So that was really weird. But I think I think I was still in that young, like my brain was still quite moldable to the language. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I adapted quickly, but also <laughs> forgot quickly because my Tagalog left me as well in a way it's still better that we're still able to understand Mm. and still um, keep to our roots kind of still remember our roots as first generation of you know we get all the Filipino jokes yeah and and we find it funny when we watch um, comedians like um, Joe Coy yeah how it's so easy for us to relate and like, I think even that is just enough. Yeah, um, I, definitely. We get a bit of, like, best of both worlds, yeah. for sure. Yep. So did you feel as though um, growing up in a different country, did you feel like you dealt with a lot of racism growing up? Definitely. <laughs> even just hearing that, is, I, I just have this memory as well of um, walking home from school. And I remember this little kid, he came to our school and he was probably like five, five, ten meters away from me and my sister when we were walking back home. And then he was throwing us these rocks and I don't know why, but he just kept going, ching chong, ching chong, go back to China. And then throwing the rocks. I could remember how angry I felt. And, you know, I, I was just so angry because first of all, um, I'm not Chinese. Yeah, and being second of all, being thrown rocks. Yeah, and it was so bad of me. But I got so angry that I turned around and I pushed him. <laughs> I pushed him. And he like fell back and he started crying. And then my sister told me off for pushing him. But I was like, no, he's got to learn. Yeah, you know, he can't just do that. To you know, he can't just. Uh, who knows? Maybe he just doesn't. He didn't know any better, and mm. that is probably maybe he's learnt that from family or yeah something like that. But I do still, um, you know, even growing up 
through the university, um, even when you get treated a different way from obviously like experiences with a few Kiwi Europeans here and there, just that vibe when they just kind of sometimes even when they talk to you, you know, like they slow it down. The yeah. Way that they talk yeah. to you, they slow it down because you they know, think you don't understand. Yeah. I'm like, I know that I can be blonde, but <laughs> <laughs> I can understand you. But yeah, just growing up, I think it, it's all just that first um, impression, you know, and they see you and they just immediately think. Right, they stereotype Yeah, they stereotype. But I guess when you start, when I start talking, they kind of just have that facial like, oh, her English is is pretty right. But at the same time, they're like, but it's not, you know, the best. (laughs) It's not so (laughs) fluent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In In a very broad sense, I feel though as that Australia and New Zealand is a relatively quite multicultural. Mm. Like um, like there's a lot of different cultures that's been welcomed into the countries and so yeah. you would think, you know, there'd be a bit more open to it, but I guess it's... It's just the way that people yeah. just perceive things. But Certainly, yeah. I mean, there's, in thinking about it in a, in a good light, I think that there there have been um, Kiwi Europeans, Samoans, Tongans that I've made good friends mm. with growing up um, in high school, and you know they they they're so kind hearted and they're so genuinely down to earth. And yeah. Even the best um, Kiwis that I reckon I, I've ever met are, are Richard's old workmates at Kiwi Span. They were probably the best um, down to earth. Kiwi blokes you could ever meet. Yeah. Um, they're Kiwi European. They talk to you as if they really see you, um, not physically, but they, you know, they see you as you. Yeah. Uh, which we we were really embraced by their, you know, by the, you know, culture, work environment, mm. and um, work events and whatnot. And yeah, I I think they were, those are some good experiences coming out as well. Um, apart from the race, you know, the racist type yeah. of experiences, um, yeah. No, that's good. I feel like, um, I mean, for me, looking back, I feel like I was certainly a minority that I couldn't even be classified as a Filipino minority. I was, I was still an Asian minority because mm. that's how few of us there were, and I think. I don't know so much if I was exposed to racism. I don't know if that was just me being aloof, you know, to that or from me just because as a young child in where I grew up in Canberra, it's, it's very, it's a very white dominated kind of, um, upbringing. And so I think for me, I, I didn't assimilate myself to being someone different like I didn't really see my I I still saw myself as I'm still one of them even Mm. or I even tried to be like I you know tried to put my Filipino heritage aside and just go no I'm just Mm. I'm just here I'm just one of them um so I don't know if I really saw myself as anything different and I don't think as a young child I I felt 
that racism, I guess. And again, yeah, I don't know if that's just through the eyes of an innocent kid who, mm. you know, didn't assume hatred in other people mm. or in other kids, I guess. Mm. I was lucky to experience that. But, um, yeah, I think I felt it mostly. I think I felt the cultural change in um, the way my parents tried to raise me mm. in terms of their strictness. Like, I don't know about you, but my parents were quite strict on me. Um, I wasn't allowed out of the house much. Like, yeah. I, um, my, they were had really tight rules around you can't sleep over anyone's mm. house. Um, you know, um, just a lot of that. Like, did you find... I th- and I, they always use this line of, "You, we might be here, we might be in Australia, but you're still Filipino. Like, so we're going to still raise you like you're yeah. a Filipino. Like, did you find that, did you get that as well from your parents? Uh, they didn't say uh, anything specifically, but it's more just, well, this is us. Yeah. This is it. Um, yeah. This is the life that we're living. Yeah. And uh, they just kind of get on with it, you know, with the, the prayers before bed. Uh, yeah. The rosary, as praying the rosary as a family, and just um, going to school, you know, living you know, the normal, I guess, Kiwi life mm. culture at school, and then coming home to our chicken adobo and and our <laughs> sinigang <laughs> and pancit every week for two months and a half. <laughs> um, but I guess the thing that um, you know, that we're kind of learned is we're quite adaptable coming out of mm. this move. I guess we've learned to be adaptable creatures. Did you feel it was a difficult journey to discover your cultural identity in a different country? That's interesting. Um, coming into that topic, it, you know, still crosses my mind to this day. Mm. Um, our you know, our cultural identity, mm. <laughs> being immersed in the, this Kiwi culture and the the Filipino roots. Um, I think, I I think I've embraced you know what what it is. Yeah, what we've experienced growing up, learning um, from our family, from our friends, from the community, and then learning what we do at school. Learning all the Maori songs, learning Te Reo Maori, and and you know being able to pronounce it correctly, mm. the the importance of the Treaty of Waitangi. Um, I think it's not to sound like, you know, mushy, but I think it's beautiful. I yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that the the I I love both cultures. Mm. Uh, there's so much. I guess they call it mana. Like yeah. there's so much like respect um, spirituality and, and yeah. I think in both cultures. Yeah. Um yeah. It's it's good. It's just just I'm just proud. <laughs> yeah. No, and so you should be. I mean, I think that is probably one of the big differences between Australian culture and New Zealand culture. I feel as though in Australia I think there's still a bit of denial in the government mm. that they did anything wrong to the indigenous, you know, to the Aboriginal families yeah. who, you know, who had their children taken away from them, um, you know, all that. And 
And it's like I what I do like here is that yeah, there's so much of like the Maori language here that's common knowledge to you guys, you know, that you you know, you use so often and that's taught um in primary schools, like as early as, you know, Austin's what, eighteen mm. months, or like a year and a half old and they're you know, they yeah. practice those you know, saying simple words and um, counting and colors, and you know they're taught all that, and so it's it'll. I think it's um, it's really good that they embrace it here. It's it's quite different to um, to Australia, mm. so it yeah, I think that's really good. It'd be, I guess, as Austin learns, I'll I'll learn as well. <laughs> he can come home from um school and teach me, <laughs> and then you guys can give us a presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Like mother and son presentation. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you guys can hold like an exam for us, what we've learned. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think what I do like about New Zealand is that um, because there's a lot of, I guess, island nations close by, so it does mean there's a lot of um, islander immigrants here as well. Mm. I feel like they also – I just feel like here in New Zealand – um, you're encouraged to embrace your culture a bit more. Um, I feel like in Australia, maybe just me growing up there, it's it's a little bit more like be like us, you know. We're Australian here. This is the yeah. Aussie way. Um, so it'll be really interesting because um, I, I identify myself as Australian. Like I grew up there. It's, you know, that's my history it's part of who I am, but I guess it'll be really interesting for me and Odyssey to raise our kid, like, you know, to raise Austin and our future kids and what kind of culture they have, yeah. especially, you know, especially f- as a second generation immigrant. So, yeah, that'll be, it'll be quite different. It'll be like mixed fruit salad. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, it, yeah, it'll be quite interesting do you feel as though because I guess um especially back in the Philippines I I guess they view any of us who you know move to another country as oh you've made it like you know as soon as we Mm. get to where we are going they assume that we're swimming in cash and you know have all the money to send back to the Philippines do you feel as though you and your family were shielded from hardship because I guess, you know, the Philippines is, you know, it's it's a third world country and it's a hard life. Do you feel like your family was shielded from that or shielded from just difficult times? I guess the the main form of action that my family did, my parents, was to initiate the move here. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because obviously the – the motive or the intention to move here was to for us to live 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 better life um, in New Zealand and that is exactly what they've done uh, I, I always think what would life be like if we had stayed oh, in yeah. the Philippines yeah. you know like no offence to whoever stayed in the Philippines but if I always wonder where would I be would I still be at home Mm. Would I still be mucking around? <laughs> um, or uh, I don't know, really. Like, I guess the opportunities provided in this country 
as obviously there's a lot more opportunity here and in terms of being shielded from hardship in a sense they I don't think they fully shielded us they like what I said earlier they're growing up they're just like this is it like this is how we live yeah. and it's just from witnessing you know the steps that my parents had to go through to make yeah. it you know for them yeah. to walk they don't have a car then yeah and if I started to walk to like let's say we were living only hung or walking to three kings yeah all the way to three kings to go into stores and um asking if there are any vacancies Mm. You know, and that just reminds me, like, of my mum walking to Three Kings to Decca, which is no longer around anymore. It's it's like a like a farmer's kind of um, franchise. Oh, okay. And yeah. they and she just went in, and I don't know if you know this, but Mama was a lecturer in in. Um, USC in the Philippines, so coming to New Zealand, you know, all those qualifications just going out the yeah. door and yeah. she just had to take whatever job she can. Yeah. She and she got that job. She she fought for in her interview. Mm. Um, you know, telling them she doesn't have that kind of experience but she's willing to learn. And then going from that job to the next job, caregiving, whatever it takes to yeah, yeah. You know, for us to be able to go to school. Yeah. To be able to be fed, to be able to get clothes. Um, and a few toys. Yeah. Roller blades, roller skates, shared between all of us. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, I think it's I mean, it's definitely you know, I don't I I feel like wherever you go, I don't think you're completely safe from hard times like mm. it's gonna come and especially when you're starting from scratch I feel like yeah I feel like you know our stories of the struggle our parents went through it's 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 common like it's mm. not they're not unique stories they're mm. you know it's it's a lot of um it's a lot of that I I feel like I think back and um try to remember my parents stories and I think when we had moved to Australia, I think they gave themselves, because we were sponsored by uh, my dad's sister, my auntie. And I think at that time they said, let's give it a year. Um, They said, we'll give it a year if neither of us can find any decent jobs, you know. We can come back to the Philippines. It's not like a set in stone. I think they came to just take a shot and... um, I think at one point both my parents were working as cleaners at the mall, mm-hmm. like, you know, cleaning the tables at the food court. Um, and it was just, yeah, again, like my, my mom's an accountant and my dad's mm. a civil engineer, but, you know, they come here or they could go to Australia and their qualifi- qualifications mean squat. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's nothing here. So, um, yeah, it just so happened that thankfully I think, there were a couple of months out from that one year when mm. my dad um, landed an office job. I, I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember what it was. But, um, yeah, my dad got a job and it took my mom a while, like quite a few years. I think she was telling me that um, I think she worked a full year 
unpaid just internship just to say that she had local mm. experience. So she was working, you know, full time, like nine to five job, getting no pay for an entire year just to say on a resume, I worked here. Yeah. Like I, I, I know what to do. I've got a reference now. And um, it does make you kind of realize and put in, into perspective our struggles because, you know, I, I was quite scared, to be honest, to make the move. Cause, so we've only been here in New Zealand, as in me and Oddie in Austin, we've only been here for less than a year. Um, and I was quite worried if I was going to find work mm. and all that stuff, but I guess the jump from Australia to New Zealand is nowhere near as big as the jump from, you know, the Philippines mm. to Australia or the Philippines to New Zealand. It's, it's quite a different, um, ballpark. So yeah, we're quite grateful to our parents to, to do those. Um, I guess, yeah, one of the other stories I remember is my mom, she just couldn't understand the coins because unlike New Zealand coins here where your coins are, the size they are is sort of equivalent to the value. So the $2 yeah. is big and then the $1 is a little smaller and then the 50 yeah. cents is a little smaller. Whereas in Australia, it's, you, it's it's just all over the place. The 50 cents is big. The $2 yeah. is smaller than the $1. <laughs> like it's all kind of confusing. And I remember her, um, she had gone to the grocery store or something yeah. and they said, oh, it's this much. And she had coins and like literally all she could do was just like hold her hands out with all the coins and go, I don't know, can yeah. you help me? Like I don't know how to count this because she was so confused. Um, and, yeah, it's, it is it really does kind of make you super grateful, like of those little stories mm. that, you know, your parents shared. My my mom told me um, she used to catch the bus often and, like, we she had me and Pat. So me and my younger brother have a two-and-a-half-year age gap, so – I think he was still small enough to be in a stroller and she was getting on the bus and she couldn't quite carry both of us in the stroller. So she had um, my brother in her arms and she kind of put the stroller inside to the bus, but she had left me on the curb and <laughs> apparently I had just chucked this massive tantrum because I thought, um, yeah, that she was going to leave me. And so apparently I just cried. And then, so she put Pat on the bus and then she came back to get me, but then Pat thought that she that was going to leave Pat on the so he chucked a tantrum, and so my mom was like, "Oh, trying to comfort us two babies on the bus just because we were like <laughs> thinking we we're getting abandoned." Um, but yes, yeah, I guess it's just those little things, like um, those little memories of you know before they got a car yeah. and those things, the lens they had to go through. Yeah. To survive. <laughs> so what was it like growing up as a Catholic in a secular society? I guess that's that's one, I guess, another significant difference in the Philippines in general. You know, Philippines is quite a religious, conservative country as a, you know, as a nation. And so there's already that, the tone, I guess, is already set um, and encouraged, you know, for you to grow your faith whereas um in Australia and New Zealand it's mm. it's a bit different well to be honest growing up here in New Zealand my parents placed us in a Catholic school 
primary mm. and um and high school. Mm. And then prayers at home, rosary. Yeah. I guess that was part of life, you know, or at home. Do the rosary and then we go to school and they teach us. Yeah. They they teach us the Catholic Christian values. Mm. Which was automatic already. Um, and then we had been involved in the community, being in the youth youth group. It's only, I reckon, the challenge came when it was really, you know, ending our serv- all my service in, in youth. And mm. didn't, I didn't really stay long in Singles for Christ. But I think it's just getting into, you know, your independence of going to uni. Mm. Doing your own thing. Um, I think that's when, and you know, us not going to church anymore with our parents, it kind of came to a point where we kind of just, like Odyssey and I used to go to mass, just us two together. Yeah. It just becomes kind of like, this is what you've, you've learned growing up. This is what you've mm. been taught. And if they didn't really force force us to continue you know, our Catholic traditions, mm. it was kind of just left up to us. And, and I think I, I think it's a, a blessing to still be able to have uh, all our memories and being embedded in, in the Catholic um, cult, you know, Christian yeah. um, roots. And I would say it is, it, it just becomes kind of like, you kind of embrace it yourself. You kind of take ownership. Yeah, oh, well, definitely, yeah. For me anyway, like you, you kind of just, you know, decide for yourself. And for mm. me, there's still a lot of things, to be honest, that I still need to learn. Um, yeah. The catechism, I hope I said that right. Yep, you did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's still time. I mean, for me, I'm I'm happy with what I've learned. Um, and and for me, I'm I'm open to to that learning whether it be the catechism or anything to to help improve or nourish spiritually mm. i feel like um uh, my dad in particular has a lot of catholic wisdom and so for me growing up um i was also part of youth of christ and um that was a really big part and i think you know it was it was definitely there was definitely a fun aspect side to it, um, but I think at some point you do kind of have to step or I felt like, you know, I had to take a step back and go, what am I here for? Mm. Like, you know, yes, there's the friendships here, but you know, where where is this faith in me? You said as much as our parents can kind of raise us in that. Um, I, I guess they, it comes to a point where they can't force it mm. on us anymore and it's just up to us to make that decision. And I remember, yeah, when I moved out of home and I, I spent a bit more time, you know, going to Mass by myself and um, it wasn't then until I started asking bigger questions about mm. my faith and kind of doing my own kind of prayer and search and and every now and then I would talk to my dad about it and I'd be frustrated because I'd be quite surprised, like, how did he know all this but mm. not tell me or not, you know, 
like how, why didn't he share this to us share this to me when I was younger mm. and I think as I've gotten older I've realized it's not something you can just go oh this is x y and z mm. there you go you're faithful now it's it's you know it's the journey you know how our parents have um this Filipino American English accent um were there any words that you misheard from your parents that you kind of took on board or you were always confused about like you know how they always say ceremony instead of ceremony <laughs> or like things like that was there any ever was there ever any misunderstanding because of their accents um not that i can think of only obviously just hearing them saying words that start with p oh yeah they say it with an f the, with the f the like flower fettle yeah <laughs> or like the truth and oh, no. the truth <laughs> that's so funny you have to tell the truth <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what i think I had a moment. It was really embarrassing because this happened in high school. Um, we were talking about our favorite like afternoon snacks, and um, my mom used to make these banana fritters, and like I love them. So it was just banana, and it was they'd kind of she'd mix it in like a, like a sort of pancake or a crepe mixture, mm. and then she would fry it on either side, and then she'd sprinkle. Um, icing sugar all over it and so it was really nice and so yeah I was in high school and we were talking about our favorite like after school snacks and I said because this is how my mom always said it I said oh I love banana pritters (laughs) and they were all looking at me like pritters what and I was like yeah banana pritters and I fully described it and they all like they were cacking up laughing yeah. and they go do you mean banana fritters <laughs> and the whole time I thought it was banana pritters like I thought that's what it was it's just the way my mom yeah. was saying it and um I used to always call spam spum because <laughs> that's how my mom said it spum I do remember one word now yeah you know but the <laughs> what's that innovative <laughs> And I've only realized it was innovative, like, yesterday. No. <laughs> no. Like, um, yeah, just probably after high school. <laughs> it's, it's, I've always said it's innovative. It's embarrassing when it takes that long for us to click. Oh, but, that, like, if that's goodness. the only way you've ever heard it, that's just how you assume it's I know. being pronounced. Oh, goodness. Oh, I think I still laugh at my parents when they say, when they say um tsunami. <laughs> Hamburger. 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 What else is there? Jabitis. Jabitis. Oh, you go play on the playground. There's Hamburger with his arms sticking out. So you just swing on Hamburger's arms. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. It's really funny. I wonder what our kids are going to tease us about because we're not going to have Filipino next generation. They're going to be like seebs. Yeah, they're they're just going to be talking in um all slang. Yeah. Well, see, that's this is a thing. Audi has quite a thick Kiwi accent, and there are times when I don't understand what he's saying, and I just think 
oh man, it's going to be the same with Austin. Like he's going to grow up here with different slangs and different, you know, cultures and accents. And then I'm just not going to understand anything he says. Okay. So how about we finish off with um, what advice would you give to younger immigrants to help them live a good life here? Don't forget your roots, my Mm. friend. Don't forget your family. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget your your fruits. Oh, yeah. Your fruits. Yes, that too. Oh, yeah. Can I just point out, it's really late at night that Oni's making it. We've had a big day, so Tina and I are a bit delirious. Don't ever feel like you don't belong. <laughs> because it's just about embracing everything that's around you Mm. taking in everything that your parents you know have taught you and observe what your parents have gone through and sacrificed find a balance and you'll be able to kind of make your own decisions um, and just reflecting back on you know what you've learned growing up 